The Beacon, celebrating when God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable. Hey, well, welcome to The Beacon. My name is Steve Woods. I serve as your host uh, together with my uh, co-host, Jeff Blake of Phoenix Christian. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Steve. I'm excited for this morning's show. <laughs> Me too. Here on The Beacon, our little tagline is ways in which God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable. And that's never been more relevant than it is today, because today we have the opportunity, Jeff, to welcome a guest who coined that phrase and uh, and who is just a treasured friend in my life. Uh, we'll be welcoming Ken Kington. And before I introduce Ken, I have to tell you how God brought our past together so many years ago. I'm not even sure I can remember the number. Let's put it this way. Ken wasn't married. Um, if I had a kid, I just had one and she was really young. And uh, and it, we both had just way more hair and it was a completely different color. And so <laughs> so for years, God has blessed my life, my family and many of the folks in my world uh, with a friendship with Ken Kington. But it was years ago. We were at Scottsdale Bible in the Phoenix area. We were uh, in a in a uh, enrichment hour class at the church and our class. Uh, among the other things that you would think of for a class, one of the distinctives of our class is that we were very social. Being socially distant would not have worked well for the Cleavers class back in the uh, back in the 90s. But we were, uh, Teresa and my, my wife and I were a part of a small social committee. And uh, we had an event coming up and we were going to bring in some entertainment. And we thought, man, let's get together, get together and have fun and laugh. And uh, through, a, through a mutual friend, we found this, this young man uh, out of the Atlanta, Georgia area, who, you know, uh, had uh, decided to make a crazy decision to go out and see if he could make a living simply with his words by communicating, encouraging, and entertaining people. And that young man was Ken Kington. So we picked him up at the airport. We went to a restaurant in Phoenix. And what happened after that, immediately and for the long pull, uh, is just nothing short of the most treasured relationship filled with, uh, boy, the, the peaks and valleys of life together and always confidence that God was on the throne. So it is really my honor and my privilege to welcome back to the Beacon because he appeared once before, uh, Ken Kington. Ken, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, my word. And you are so right about everything you just said. I've actually got on my uh, my anniversary hat and Steve and Teresa were actually at my wedding and uh, we have, we've been through goodness more than you can put in a, a single show for sure. But uh, one of the coolest phrases that ever came up, and I don't know if you, you've ever shared about MOO or not, but um, I'm horrible at board games. And Steve and Teresa, we literally had a day and we're playing Scrabble. And I had this unbelievable play. It was going to create like five different words. And four of them were real. And uh, one of them was <laughs> MOO. And Steve, being the astute competitor, he's like, Moa, what, what is Moa? And I'm like, you've never heard of Moa? And, of course, we looked it up, and it was not a word, uh, but it became our word. And we were at a men's retreat one time, and we, we just said, you know, when God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable, that is Moa. And uh, it just kind of stuck. So it's been a really cool word uh, in my life. And, well, we've seen God do the unexplainable through the unexpected several times. And that's really what the book is about and kind of what life is about. So, uh, man, I'm just glad to be back on. I appreciate you having me back. Well, you know, Ken, it's it's just an honor to have you on the program. And in addition to, you know, uh, the book that we'll talk about in a minute, I mean, Ken's accolades, the things that he's had the opportunity to do over the career since we first met, 
um, are just such a long list. I'm not sure I can articulate it all, but you know, you can catch Ken uh, in, in comedy programs, uh, you know, via satellite radio. You can hear him on Focus on the Family. Uh, he he does probably well pre-pandemic in person, probably 150, 200 dates um, a year. He is a hardworking uh, entertainer, encourager. Uh, can give us just that the aspects of the different things that God has gifted you and given the opportunity to do. Yeah, I, you did a great job on the overview there. Um, comedy was kind of the the foundation of it, and uh, when I started having kids, I, I was I was doing like 250 dates a year, and I started having kids, and I thought, you know what, I want to see these little guys grow up, and so I cut that back, and I've been out about 100 dates a year since then, and uh, it's just been such a great deal, and now that kind of uh, ebbs and flows a little bit from the standpoint of what I do, but I do, uh, probably about 60, 70, uh, comedy dates a year, and then probably 20, 30 corporate type dates where I use comedy to illustrate a lot of, uh, great principles, the four critical decisions that successful people make. And then I, I do, I get invited to speak at churches, um, probably 20, 25 times a year as well. So, um, whether you want to laugh or be motivated or be inspired, that's kind of where God's put my heart. And I, I actually love doing all three. And there's a lot of life and I can't help it. Humor's in the middle of life, even in the darkest times it's there. And so that just kind of comes out in all of it. Well, there's no question about it. One of the things that I think doesn't get a ton of press that I really appreciate about Ken is uh, it's just the mentorship. I remember when we first met Ken, there was a comedian who was kind of investing in you. Uh, who has shown you the ropes along the way. And I know um, that probably more than I know, but I know enough to know that there are a number of, of younger comedians over the years that you've had a chance to kind of pass that torch along. And as they start and have all the questions that you have, you're able to say, you know what, I know, I know how you feel about that. I kind of felt the same way. And you know, let me tell you some of what I learned. And, uh, and I appreciate that because that's not something that, uh, you know, that's, that's a deferred payment. That's deferred gratification. That's not something that's going to mean something to you at the moment, but it's something that I know you received and valued and passed along. So, I mean, how many, how many different entertainers do you suppose you've had the chance to pour into over your career? Wow. I'd have to, I have to go back and count, but buddy, I can't, I, Steve, I can't emphasize enough. Um, that's just kind of the way God's economy works because you're I, right. I had one guy, meet me with me a few times and just give me some great insight. And I realized, man, what a blessing that was. So I, I really took that. And like you said, I passed, paid it forward. And I tell, I would tell young comics and uh, communicators are like, Hey, I want to do what you do. And I'm like, okay, well, I lived below the poverty level for three years. <laughs> and, uh, that's where I started. So uh, let me let me help you miss some of the potholes and uh, just walk alongside of them. And it, it's been a joy. And it's that's the way the kingdom is. And I, especially in comedy and in communicating, it's so cutthroat. That's just the exception. And to be able to pour into people and see them just launch um, has been a joy. It's It's like I get I think when Paul was writing one time, he says, you know, when you give to me, uh, God gives credit to your account for that. And anything God does through me, you get partial credit for that and you get a, an interest in that. And uh, I definitely believe that's true. And I find great joy in that. But I would say there's probably, gosh, right now, there's probably four or five different people I've been 
encouraging. And I, I tell them I'll take your phone call immediately uh, unless I'm in the middle of something. And over the years, probably 30 or 40. And um, it's just that multiplication factor. And it's been a joy. And it's so cool to get to watch them. They're some of my favorite people to to laugh and listen to as well. So it's it's a joy. Well, and like you said, it's God's economy. It's a great investment. It's imperishable. Uh, you know, everything we can invest in with the resources that we've been given, maybe the least valuable of which is our money and the most valuable with, of which is our time, because we all have a limited amount. We don't know exactly when it ends. Right. And so how we how we how we invest that uh, is going to bring about results. And those results are always going to fall into one of two categories. They're either going to be perishable. They're going to burn up. They're not going to go anywhere. They're going to be imperishable. And uh, the fact that you have modeled that, that investment in the imperishable and, and all of us, you know, really uh, have, while we have a desire to do that, the blur, the busyness of life, the things that happen seem to compete with that on a lot of, a lot of days. But, you know, on the other hand, in that blur, God provides those moments, right? Those opportunities that if we're praying and asking him to open our eyes to see those, we might just see him add to our account. We might just see him work through us uh, in a way that can't be explained apart from, from God. Well, listen, one of the things that I've appreciated over the years is, is the books that you've written. Different. One of them, the first one that I remember came out of a relationship series that you had taught a number yeah. of times in a huge Bible study for young adults called Metro in Atlanta, where hundreds, literally hundreds of folks would come out uh, to just, you know, basically go through scripture that God had given you as you were on your journey of, of being single and wondering what relationships were all about. And so, you know, that book did really, really well. And, uh, and we enjoyed that and have shared it with many, many folks. And then uh, a, subs- a, a sequel to that, that was for married couples. And, and of course, the, the Isms book is, is another. And, and, but today, this year now, you know, I hold in my hand and have read more than a couple of times, Every Day is a Bonus by Ken Kington, Enjoying the Three Greatest Gifts in Life. Congratulations on this latest book, Ken. Well, thank you. It was, uh, it was literally like giving birth because it took me uh, almost nine months to really get it down. And then it was painful at the end to get it through the editing and uh, publishing process. But man, it, 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 it literally is like birth because once it's here, it's like, oh, <laughs> that's so cute <laughs> look at the squishy face yeah and, uh, very very fortunately those who uh it, it, it's really a huge encouragement because what what i went through uh four years ago uh really changed my life and perspective of that day-to-day that day-to-day madness and and blur if, i think is so beautifully put to really be able to see what the gifts every day are and how to really enjoy them and how to enjoy life every day. Cause we hear it all the time, you know, you're not promised tomorrow, but when you go through a literal life threatening uh, situation where um, I had a, I think a 60, 40 chance. And I, I, to this day, I don't remember which the 60 and which the 40 was. It was too but, close uh, to matter. <laughs> yeah. It was a coin toss and uh, was told, you know what, this, this could be it and spend a day getting my affairs in order. And then uh, literally closing my eyes and realize the next face I see is either going to be Heather, my wife or Jesus. And uh, the gravity of that situation. And then the post to it where the doctor said, you, you really should have died about eight months ago. There's no reason why you should be alive. And I'm like, okay, 
And he, he actually said it in that meeting. He said, you need to treat every day like it's a bonus because for you, it is. And I was like, all right, well, that, that sounds good to me. And I will take that advice. So that's kind of where the title came was from Dr. Myung and uh, what an incredible guy. Well, one of the things Ken and I have talked about over the years through our relationship is how God seems to have this sort of mystical reset button on perspective in our lives. And it's like, you know, I just envision him backhanding it once in a while and usually doing that in a way that when he presses it, uh, it creates a circumstance, a situation that gives us some clarity, gives us some clarity because of the gravity of the situation that we don't usually have. And, and this is certainly one of those moments. We're going to talk more about the book in one of the coming segments. In our next segment, I'm going to tell you a personal story about a way that God used an illustration that Ken has given to affect my family uh, in a moment and for years to follow. Thanks for tuning into the Beacon. We're glad to have Ken Kington join us for the next segment. You don't want to miss it. The Beacon is presented by Phoenix Christian, a school celebrating excellence in education since 1949. Learn more at phoenixchristian.org. Hey, well, all right. Welcome back to The Beacon today. Uh, Beacon is sponsored by Phoenix Christian Preparatory School. We are proud to be sponsored by PC and also airs on 960 The Patriot. We appreciate our relationship with the radio station. You can hear us there. And then, of course, anywhere you get your podcast, you can find The Beacon and back episodes. Uh, feel free to check out phoenixchristian.org forward slash beacon. Catch some episodes and summaries there. And again, thank you for tuning in today. You picked a great program to listen to. We're honored to have as our guest, Ken Kington. If you're just tuning in, uh, we've had a chance to talk a little bit about kind of how we first met, how God brought our, our friendship together, and also some of the the various ways in which God is working in through and around Ken and using the gifts and abilities that, that uh, he's given Ken. And, you know, the, one of the things that we just were, were talking about at the end of the last segment is how God has this way of amplifying what we're supposed to have in perspective or in his truth or what we, he wants to teach us along the way uh, in moments or times or situations that sometimes we wouldn't choose or even wish on anybody. And some of those dark moments, some of those difficult moments, those that are unexpected, um, unplanned, uh, can, can be the backdrop, if you will, for, for uh, some of the most important things that I think God wants to communicate. And, and in our life, in my, the life of my family personally, one of, the, one of the things that has been really useful over the years is, is just a, an anecdote, a story that, that Ken shared with us a couple of years ago that, I mean maybe more than a couple can it's been a while but but still i mean there's probably not a week that goes by that somebody in my immediate family doesn't reference this story and so i i just would love ken for you to talk a little bit about that talk a little bit how it affects us all on an ongoing basis and and even you this last week um if you wouldn't mind sharing that story jeff you're gonna love this well i i totally agree i gotta give a little bit of a preface because i God gives me a word every year just to kind of focus on. And last year, uh, coming into 2020, it was very clear. God had put on my, my heart peace. And I literally thought, oh, good. I just want a year of peace. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then 2020 happened. And uh, I, everything from the chaos around us to, I mean, I'm in front of audiences for a living. And that shut down um, for at least seven months. and 
and just the chaos and all. And what God, one of the, I think the biggest pieces I took away from that experience was God telling me, Ken, peace is not the absence of problems and trials. It is my presence in the middle of all of that. And I was like, okay, so it's a great takeaway for the year. But the the practical side of that is I'm on a flight one time and I literally picked up a Reader's Digest and I'm reading this story and it hit me the way it's hit you and everybody that I share it with. Um, but in a, in a condensed version, basically a very successful salesman, uh, number one in his company, is invited to dinner with the president. And the president invites his wife and the salesman's wife. And they're walking up to one of the nicest restaurants in the town. But as they get to the door and about to go in, the president of the company stops to where nobody can pass and just reaches down. And he picks up a penny and he stares at this penny. And it was a little bit awkward because it was more than a few seconds. And he's just staring at this penny. And then right as she was about to say, um, are you okay? The, the guy puts the penny in his pocket, goes in the restaurant. They're sitting down and he tells, he tells the, the wife, thank you for your husband and your commitment to them. We love your family. He's just such a great asset to our company. And I uh, just want to say thank you at dinner tonight. But is there anything you'd like to ask about me or the company? And she said, yeah, I really got, I only got one question. And he goes, anything. And she said, what's up with the penny? And he's like, I'm, I'm sorry. I, what do you mean? And she goes, well, we're walking to the restaurant and you stop and you pick up this penny and you just stare at it. And then we walk in and he goes, oh my goodness, I don't even realize I do that anymore. And she said, what is up with the penny? And he gave her a little bit of a history of the company, how it was on a roller coaster up and down. He said, this one time we weren't sure we we're going to make it or not. I had to leave the office. I go to get some coffee on the corner and I'm walking back to the office and I see a penny on the ground. And he said, something just caught my eye and said, pick it up. And I picked up the penny and he says, I, I just like, okay. And he says, I just looked and it was like a whisper in my heart. And I've since come to realize that's kind of God's whisper. And it said, read what's on top of that penny. And on the top of it is in God we trust. And he said that whisper in my heart was, do you really right now? What are you worried about right now? And he said, I stood there. I don't know how long and just thought of all the, the issues going on with the company and the unknown. And he said, I, I literally went there and he said, God just whispered, do you really? Because you can trust me. And he said, I put it in my pocket. And he said, from that day forward, I've never gone down the street that I saw a penny that I didn't stop and go, what am I going through right now? And do I really trust him? And he says, I've got a little dish in my, in my bedroom with pennies that I put in there from the days. And um, I'm like you, I, that has been an ongoing piece for me. And uh, we'll talk in a section in a minute about the, the heart surgery that I had. But I mean, even this week, uh, five days ago, um, I had a, an episode, if you will, and I won't go into great detail, but Literally, it put me in the hospital. It was uh, some testing that showed a defect in my heart again, and all these different tests and all this turmoil. And it was an extremely low moment. And I was literally walking to the hall to the final test, and there was a penny. And I literally, I picked it up. I can almost cry right now because it was an incredibly low moment. And I picked it up, and I was like, Lord, I do. I trust you. If I've got to have something, thank you that I'm here to get it done. I'd prefer not, but Lord, I, I just trust you. 
and whatever that takes, whatever that means and put it in my pocket. And literally from that moment forward was like, it's okay. I'm, I'm not going to worry. God, I do trust you. Circumstances didn't change until a day and a half later where they're like, Hey, we're looking at your history. This is okay. You're in great shape for, for where you are. We're not going to have to do anything, but the weight of that lifted beforehand. And I, I think that's the power of trust in a living God who really is in the midst of every bit of trial. So it really is peace doesn't come from removing the, the problems. It's from accepting the reality that God is in the middle and the present of it. And uh, in one of my quiet times this week, it's become one of my phrases, favorite phrases was in Genesis that Hagar being put aside and being put down and all that, the angel of the Lord shows up and says, hey, God's with you. And, and she just said, I, I, I see the God who sees me. God sees me and he's right here with me. So that's kind of the cool part. So I would, I, I'm like you, um, anybody listening, I would just encourage you next time you see a penny, uh, <laughs> don't pass by it. Stop and say, hey, what am I going through right now? What is my greatest worry, concern, or fear? And God, what do you want to do with that? And do I really trust you? And then put that pin in your pocket. Yeah. So I'll leave it at that. You know, uh, the one expression that comes to mind, and maybe we've all heard it. And if you haven't, I'll share it with you is that, you know, um, if you, if you have a big God, your problems become very small, but if you have a small God, you're going to deal with some really, really big problems. And the reality is they're the same, but the perspective of knowing the God of the universe is in control and is faithful uh, is what we want you to have. Come back in this next segment. We'll talk more with Ken Kington. Thanks for tuning in. The Beacon is made possible by Phoenix Christian and listeners like you. Hey, well, welcome back to The Beacon. Uh, today, we welcome to the show one of my favorite humans on the planet, Ken Kington, uh, together with uh, Jeff Blake, who, you know, Jeff, it, it's just such a, such, it's so great to be with Ken. We've been fortunate, uh, Phoenix Christian's been fortunate to have him at a number of key events over the years, and uh, extend your welcome as well, would you? You bet, Ken. You're one of my heroes, and I sat in the auditorium amidst um, a, a gathering of kids listening to your heart and listening to your testimony, and I've watched the Holy Spirit work through you and move through you. And it was through, um, through some of your teaching at specifically at one of our high school retreats in which we take the whole high school and we move them up to Lost Canyon up in the pine and spend a few days just walking with the Lord. And we got to walk with you. And I watched in particular, you touch the heart of some international students. And so the reach is not only here in the United States, but it's also global. And I just want to thank you for that. Well, it was a joy to be there. And, Jeff, I was wondering if, if you were going to say anything during the show. I thought you were the first ever radio mime. And uh, so I'm really <laughs> glad to hear your voice. <laughs> you bet. And I, well, I'm sitting here with a penny on my desk, and I want you to know I appreciate oh, that illustration. <laughs> nicely done. Nicely done. Well, there's not a lack of chaos and need for it right now. And, yeah, and you know, let's talk about that, Ken. You know, we're coming off of that last segment. If there's ever been a time, maybe in personal or corporate collective history, where it would be easy uh, to, to say, this is the darkest time. There's more chaos than ever. 
um, what would keep it from being now? I mean, this is in our lifetime, at least this has got to be, this has got to be that moment, right? Oh, absolutely. And you know, you can tell because you think, man, it can't get any worse than this. And uh, I, I don't know how you guys were, but back in, uh, back in November, I was like, I'm so glad the election is over. No matter who you voted for, I'm just like, I'm so sick of commercials and all oh, yeah. the mudslinging. And then I don't know if you know it or not, but in Georgia, apparently the donkey or the elephant saw his shadow. So we had six <laughs> weeks of political commercials. And it's like, oh, my word. I don't know if I can handle this. It can get worse. And uh, I ended up, I, I came up with a new way to decide who to vote for. And that was whoever ran the fewest commercials. That's who I voted for. Uh, I, I, it was just so crazy. And I, I do think we're going to look back. And there are, there are some good facts out there. Like uh, I, I used to look at it every day, but in America, it's not an opinion, but 99.96% of Americans today do not have COVID-19. And I know it's serious, and I know people that have had it, and I know people who have had the spectrum. But, I mean, when you look at the facts, but we're going to look back and we're just going to go, you remember that that Chinese virus that came in that destroyed all the toilet paper and hand sanitizer and and, and melted apparently half the coins in the country to where we couldn't get any of them? Um and people are going to look at it cross-eyed when we tell them, talk about this year and, and just, it's, it's insane. So whether it's political or whether it's that, and I don't know how you guys are, but I've loved being with my family more. Um, yeah. That's been one of the major silver linings in it all and uh, led to a whole new chaos for us. My youngest who's 15 got his learner's permit yesterday and, um, I'd, I'd always thought it was an oxymoron, wonderful terror. Um, but that describes riding with a 15-year-old driving for the first time. Uh, wonderful terror. Because there's going to be a potential there somewhere. So whether it's that or we, we binge-watched a bunch of shows together at dinner as a family. And it's just, I don't know. Uh, there's been, it's been crazy and chaos. But, man, when you trust, it kind of comes out where you're like, all right. Well, God, you're, you're in the middle. If you got control, I don't need to worry or be anxious. And I've had to give that back a few times. Yeah, wouldn't it be great if we could say we always walked in that truth and we never felt the enormity or the gravity of our situations and it was just, we could just shrug it off and know that God was in control. I mean, that's just not how God wired us. We have those emotions. But I always find myself praying specifically, Lord, I need you to, need you to overwhelm how I feel with the truth. Because usually, you know, the truth is what's going to is what's going to bring me back to that reality that, you know, God's got this. God is in control. And the times in which I feel the most out of control, nothing's changed. He's still right. just as in control as he as he was before. And but, you know, the, the humor is there. If you can't, if nothing else, 2020 has given us some of the best memes, right? Like the one I saw this week was a meme where it's just one year talking to the next and it's you know, it's 2020 saying, Hey, check that out. I rocked everybody's world in 2020 and 2021 says, hold my beer. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But I tell you what it has taught me. And we'll talk about this in the next section. The, the three greatest gifts in life are, are at a whole new level for me. And I think it's in those tough times where we, we learn not only how to pray, but what God really is about. And uh, there's a couple key pieces that I learned 
that I share in the book that I really look forward to. They're simple, applicable, and immediately effective. I look forward to the next section. Three greatest gifts. Come right back and you'll hear what they are. Phoenix Christian believes strongly in its rich history and bright future. Now equipping students from pre-K through 12th grade. Learn how you can help continue its legacy of Christ-centered education at phoenixchristian.org forward slash support. You're listening to The Beacon, presented by Phoenix Christian. Hey, we'll get you up here. We are in our fourth segment. We are so thrilled that you have tuned into The Beacon, where we celebrate ways in which God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable. We have as our guest today, Ken Kington. And if you are just tuning into this program, stop. Stop listening now. Go to phoenixchristian.org forward slash beacon or wherever you get your podcast and go back to the beginning and start because you don't want to miss everything that uh, that Ken has been talking about in this program. I guess you can listen to this segment and go back, but we're glad you tuned in. We're glad Ken is here. And, uh, and Ken, it's just been so cool to have you on the show. Thank you again for being with Jeff and with me and you know with the listeners who tuned in today. Oh, such a pleasure. It really is. And I'm, I'm a little jealous that I'm not actually there in Phoenix because it's kind of gray and cold here today. Well, today, today, 70, 71, you know, it's just brutal. It's just another day. It might be even nicer than that on the golf course. Oh, oh. certain areas. But uh, hey, listen, uh, we want to thank you for, for tuning in. We're really excited about the Every Day is a Bonus book that's come out and and in the end of the last segment you were talking about the three gifts and i guess i would just ask that you would it's it's amazing to me how you know in the midst of a global pandemic one of the many things that god's always doing god's always working no matter what the circumstances are and i know you well enough to know this was a book that was on your heart this was a talk that you had given and and, uh, and that another friend had said look you got to put that in a book and he was relentless with that encouragement and I heard the talk and I felt the same way but I thought when is Ken going to do that Ken's a busy guy Ken's a he's at 150 dates a year in different places all around the country and and balancing all they does how is he going to put a book together and then the global pandemic and you're stuck at home yeah and on top of that people are like how can an illiterate person write a book uh, <laughs> so that was the other challenge uh but no I, I, I got to say, I literally on March 13th, when my calendars just evaporated for about three or four months at that point, and it would continue to evaporate after that, I literally I'm like, Lord, what, what do you want me to do in this? And it was very clear, very immediate. He's like, what would you do if you had time that you couldn't do before? And, it, and I've been trying to write it for a couple of years. And it was like, I need to write that book. And it became just such a clear and amazing time to be able to write it and rewrite and do all the parts that you have to do to to get a book done and to make it one that is not just applicable, but those reading it can, can identify. And uh, I'll I'll give the background of the the story. Basically um, I had turned uh, 50. I was a couple years into my fifties and I was just feeling lethargic. I felt almost like I had mono or something and I couldn't get, couldn't shake the fatigue. And I work out five days a week. I eat healthy. I'm on a cholesterol medicine and but I just couldn't beat it. And my friend of mine, Ryan is, uh, is my doctor. I said, dude, can I come by? You run some tests. Just tell me I'm old. And, uh, so I went by, he ran tests. He said, you're old. That's what it is. 
But there's this one test. It's a scan we can do. It's a cholesterol calcification scan. And he said, uh, you don't qualify, but I'll prescribe it if you want to do it. And I said, I just need a piece of paper. Thanks. I went and did that. He calls me when I'm on tour in Birmingham, Alabama. I will never forget the spot on stage five minutes before I'm supposed to walk on stage. And he says, hey, how's it going? I said, good. He says, you got a minute. And I said, well, I got about three minutes because I'm about to go on stage. He goes, well, I got your test back. I'm like, okay. He says, remember I told you zero to seven was good. Eight to 12 is caution, but 13 to 20 is not, not good. 20 being the worst. And I said, okay. And he said, I said, so mine must've been 19 or 20 if you're calling me on a, on a Friday night. And he said, well, no, yours was 697. And I said, I thought you said 20 was the worst. And he goes, well, it is. And I said, okay. And I said, what does that mean? He says, well, I can read the comments from the, the, the clinic. And I said, oh, please do. And I wish I had not. Uh, he said, this heart is in the bottom 2% of all hearts. And a cardiac episode is imminent. Now, try to go be funny after that news, right? So I said, what do I do? He said, see a cardiologist when you get back. I did. And the cardiologist said, this makes no sense. He said, uh, you got this kind of number. You should weigh 500 pounds, be an alcoholic and, uh, and a chain smoker. And I'm like, and yet I'm not. And then he insulted me. He said, yeah, you look like you might work out. And I was like, I, what do you mean might work out? I do work out. And he laughed and he said, well, let's do a cath. So the next day I go in, they go in and look at my heart. He wakes me up 30, 45 minutes after the procedure, and he goes, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. They immediately moved me into CCU. Um, it turns out, uh, my wife would tell me later, the surgeon came in and said, uh, all four of your major arteries are over 99% blocked. And that's, that's a gravity that will get your attention. She said, well, how is that even possible? And literally, the surgeon said, I don't know how he's, his heart's beating right now. Uh, I can't tell you he's going to make it to the surgery, much less through it. But through the gravity of that and that experience, um, I'll share a couple pieces. One that my wife immediately put out through social media and you were on it. And I, I remember getting a text from you that day, just going, man, we're praying for you. One of the greatest gifts in this life that I think we treat flippantly is that of prayer and the power of prayer. And I had shared those numbers with the church where I was speaking at the time. And I'm convinced to this day that God sustained me because of those prayers. The surgeon would tell me two weeks post, he said, Ken, I literally am staring at your heart in the OR. And I called everybody over and said, why is that heart beating? He said, there is no reason why you should be alive. You should have had a massive heart attack six or eight months ago. And there's no way you have survived it. And he said, you need to treat every day like it's a bonus, because for you it is. And that's actually where the book title came from, was that conversation. But in that time, I lost, and, and here's what I mean by you learn how to pray. I lost all political correctness that day. I had people going, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm like, thank you. But I had a couple of people said, hey, we're thinking about you. And I'd text them back, hey, think about me later go ahead and pray for me now because oh, no. <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to get in front of Jesus and him go, yeah, I'm sorry. Nobody asked. So I, I didn't want to have that experience. And, and just the prayers of people, it is, 
I mean, to be that severely blocked and that overwhelmed with just calcification and blockage, I've had surgeons ask me, is that really true? Because not only did I survive it, but two and a half days following quadruple bypass emergency open heart surgery, I walked out of the hospital. And I've had surgeon go, you were just kidding about that time frame, right? Because they tell you, you're going to be in ICU for five days. And then you're going to be in a regular room for another five days. And first day, they moved me to a regular room because they're like, you're where most people are after two weeks. And then they came in that day. They said, we got to get one more test, but you're going home tomorrow. And I was home before kickoff that Sunday. And I'm just like, that's the power of prayer. And I've, I've learned to just hear that still small voice of what it really means to hear God. And I, I guess I'd heard him for years, but I'd never really discerned. It's not audible. It, it really is. And when we read his truth and truth is the second of those gifts. And when we really kind of learn his word and, and we, we learn his voice and I started to hear that. I, I asked people to send me verses while I was in the hospital. I got about 68 verses that I, I wrote them all down and I read them over and over. And I, all I can tell you is that went from chaos physically. Uh, the, the doctor told me I basically had a coin toss chance of making it and that I needed to have my affairs in order. And I did. And that pressure and anxiety, literally, as I read his truth, just dissipated. And that truth really does set us free. But it's also his truth and his voice are the same. And my favorite example of it was post-surgery. Um, well, actually, going into surgery, I, I've, I've kissed Heather for the last time, probably. They're rolling me down the hall. And these verses were going through my mind and I, and I was praying and I'm very honest and I'm like, Lord, I want to see my wife again. I'd love to see my kids. I'd love to see them graduate. I'd love to see them get engaged. And my, my oldest son just got engaged this past Saturday. And it was one of those moments I'm like, Lord, thanks again. But I'm like, Lord, I, I really want to see you. And I trust that if I don't make this, you've got them. And the verse came to my mind, I'm laying on the operating table and the verse came to my mind and I'm like, Lord, that's really it for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. I'm like, Lord, I can't lose. And as I laid there, I close my eyes. I wake up what felt like five minutes later. They're rolling me into recovery and I'm like, Lord, thank you. Thank you for this. You could have really messed with me in that process, but you brought me through it. And um, Lord, thank you for what you've done. And, and that, that truth, now, now here's the funny part, because I, I started to wake up in recovery. The light was so bright and I was deafeningly quiet. And I started to laugh because I thought, I wonder which it is. Am I going to see Heather or am I going to see Jesus? And I couldn't discern in that moment. And as I squinted, I saw these silhouettes. And, and as the sound started to come, I squinted. And there was Heather. And I couldn't speak because I was intubated. So I kind of flashed her the I love you sign. And she kissed me on the head. They rolled me down. I'm like, Lord, you could have totally messed with me there. They could have woken me up three minutes before Heather got there. And I would have been like, 
seen some bearded medical tech over me thinking, are you, is that Moses, Peter, which one are you? And, <laughs> and I just, and I literally, I thought, Lord, you could have messed with me right there. And, and I just sensed God whisper. And in recovery, one of the first things they told me, and I began to panic again. They said, you know what? You, your heart was stopped for over two hours. You're going to have some level of memory loss. And I started panicking and I start, okay, Heather's my wife and I named my kids and I named my address. And I'm like, I wish they would have told me this beforehand. And that whisper as the same tone of scripture just whispered in my heart. Well, maybe they did. And you just don't remember. And I just thought, God's got a sense of humor. humor. And I didn't think of that. I, that was the last thing <laughs> from my mind. But to learn his voice has been one of the greatest gifts. And I just got to say, I, I I love the depth of those. And the book goes into those. And you don't have to go through a life-threatening illness or circumstance or crisis to, to really learn to develop, to hear his voice, and to, to really understand how to pray. And then there's a third gift that I'm just going to leave as a, as a tease because time-wise, but I'm just going to say it's it's the easiest read you'll ever read as far as a book goes. And I promise you'll walk away immediately knowing whatever circumstance you're in, how to just really unwrap and enjoy one of those gifts. Well, thank you, Ken. Thank you so much. It's just such a such a treat to have you to hear the truth um, as illustrated through your experience uh, to to uh, to know that God is in the process of, of shaping you. And as he's shaping you, he's impacting the rest of us who hear. So if you're listening to this today, whether, whether by podcast or on the radio, um, if, you've ever, if you've ever shared any podcast that the Beacon has put out, share this one. Share this one and know that your friends are going to be encouraged. If you're only going to read one book in 2021, let it be Every Day is a Bonus by Ken Kington. And, and to make that ha- happen, Jeff, the beacon, if, if you'll send us an email that you've heard this podcast and you want to take advantage of this offer at feedback at beaconradioshow.com, we're not going to send you a book. We're going to send you two books because we want you to read one. And we want you to give one away. Jeff, sign us off. Hey, Steve. Thanks, Ken. We love you. Thank you. I'm personally encouraged this morning. We take every day as a bonus. Thank you both. Thanks, And again, thank you for being with us, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Share this with somebody. I know that they'll be encouraged. We hope you're encouraged today. We know that God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable. And we know that he's going to do that in your life. Be encouraged. Listen to his voice. Focus on his truth and meet him in prayer. Have a great day. And thanks for listening to The Beacon.